Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Game day edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers back in action tonight for their 11th game of the season. They come in having played 10 games. 6-2-2 two two is their record. They've got 14 points in those 10 games. And the opponent tonight is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hard to believe the Maple Leafs have played three more games than the Flyers. 13 games in the book, a record of 7-5-1, 15 points. They are in the second spot uh, and the Eastern Conference Atlantic Division, and they have lost their last game. A bit of an interesting schedule for them over the past couple of weeks. They lost four straight against the Islanders, San Jose, Pittsburgh, and Carolina. Then they rattled off five straight with wins over Chicago, Detroit, Vegas, Tampa, and Boston, and then lost their last one at home, a 5-1 defeat against the Los Angeles Kings. So it's been, so it's been a bit of an up-and-down start for the Leafs. Certainly expectations are high for the Leafs. Mitch Marner starting to get it going for that team. And as always, uh, some very high-talented, high-caliber offensive players. Marner, obviously one of them. Also, John Tavares. Marner leads the team with 13 points, tied with Tavares, who also has 13. Tavares has seven goals, six assists, and Marner's got three goals and 10 assists. William Nylander, third in the team in scoring. He's got 11 points with five goals, and Austin Matthews uh, only played 10 games for them out of their 13. He's got five goals and three assists and eight points. Morgan Riley with eight as well. And it's the Leafs and the Flyers tonight at Wells Fargo. And they'll be back at it coming up on Friday and Saturday. Three games in four days for the Flyers. They'll have the Canes and the Dallas Stars back-to-back on the road uh, coming up this weekend. But two points on the line against Toronto tonight. Now, in this episode, we're going to check in right now with Flyers General Manager and President of Hockey Operations, Chuck Fletcher, check in on the injury status of a few players, what he thinks of the start to the season, and much more. And he joins us now. Chuck, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm enjoying the season. It's been great to have the game back. And boy, did you ever think that you would uh, uh, kind of relish a trip to Western Canada and go into Alberta? <laughs> yeah, it was It was great. We, uh, we all got to go out to for dinner a couple times and, uh, you know, walk around outside and you could, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do. There's still a few restrictions up in Canada, but af- after last year where we were pretty much airplane to bus to hotel to rink, you know, to, to bus to airplane to back home. And it was nice just to be able to walk around a little bit, do a few more things that we're used to and spend time with people. But it's also great getting to Edmonton and Calgary before uh, the middle of the winter. Although we did have some snow in Calgary, but, uh, oh. No, it's a good trip, uh, good results, and and uh, it was great to be on the road again. Yeah, you're still the only team to beat Edmonton. They're off to a, a piping hot start, and McDavid's been unbelievable. Um, let me ask you about the mental state, uh, just for you personally, and as you see it kind of with your players and your staff, just being able to have that normalness again. Because, like you said, you lived through that last year. It was it was point A to point B be by yourself, point B to point C, be by yourself, unless you were playing the game. Are you seeing the uh, positive effect that that has on everybody's mental state? Yeah, you know, talk, talking to the guys, everybody seems to be in a good mood. It's, you know, early in the season, obviously, but guys are excited to be back around. We have a lot of new faces, a lot of new people to get to know. Everyone's trying to find where they fit on the team, whether you've been here for as long as Claude Giroux or you're as new as uh, Zach McHugh and everyone's still trying to find where they fit with all the new faces, but it's been great. There's a lot more energy. Um, you know, you can see it in practices. You can see it on the plane. You can see it uh, by the smiles on their faces, but every, everyone's in a pretty good place. And 
you know, again, it's a long year. Um, there's always going to be adversity, but uh, if we deal with hockey adversity, that's one thing that we're used to. It's all the other stuff that's difficult for everybody, you know, not just in, not just uh, hockey players and hockey staff, but, but everybody in general. So we'll, hopefully we can keep that stuff to a minimum and just focus on hockey and all the daily battles you have there. Such significant amount of change in the offseason, like you just alluded to. And as a general manager and the architect of the team, you have you have multiple puzzles you have to put together at the same time that have to work. It's the hockey puzzle on the ice and then the personality puzzle off it. And you bring in guys like Cam Atkinson, like his energy is infectious to me. The way he plays the game, the way he conducts himself off the ice and just that big smile on that smallish body and then guys like Derek Broussard who's so much experience and playoff experience and then Keith Yandel I know Ryan Ellis talked about Keith Yandel uh as we're taping this on on Tuesday saying he's awesome on the bench he saw the clips of him thanking goalies for making saves or leaving pucks behind the net and then you look at Rasmus Ristolainen and brings that physicality and all these different pieces and how they fit not to mention Ryan Ellis and they fit you know on the ice together but they also fit off the ice together and that's really important yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're right about the puzzle. You got the hockey part, which is, you know, the talent assessment and the fit and also the cap hit, which is taken on such a yeah. life of its own in this flat cap era. But, you know, we tried to bring in uh, a uh, players that were experienced, uh, B, you know, players that had some personality and uh, had been leaders on, on their respective teams uh, in years past. So, you know, it's, um, I thought we were a little bit young last year. I thought our leadership group was pretty good. We just didn't have enough leaders. And so we tried again, bring in guys that have played the game, uh, that have been leaders, that have experience, that have been through the ups and downs. So when adversity does hit, hopefully we handle it better than what we did last year when, you know, basically once COVID hit, we never got back on our feet. And uh, that's on us, uh, not making excuses, but we, we didn't respond well. And so our thinking was let's maybe have a more mature group uh, to start the year. And, and uh, obviously some of the young players in Lehigh Valley as the season progresses and they grow their game and they grow their confidence and their experience, uh, you know, we can add them at a later date and they can be a big help to our team. But let's at least start with the veteran group and an experienced group and uh, get this ship going in the right direction and then infuse the young guys when, when they're ready. Th- three guys in particular really jump out at me in that regard. Uh, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, and Ivan Provorov. Now, they're varying ages. Provorov's on the younger end of that spectrum. Giroux has been here for the longest tenured athlete in Philly, and Coots is in the prime of his career as well. But they're all off to amazing starts. Provorov's been on, on the ice for one five-on-five goal against, and he gets the toughest tasks night in and night out. Giroux's got points in nine of ten games. Couturier and the sink in which those two play the game together. Is that part, you know, when you look at the way that they've started this season, almost trying to prove a point that we're not what we were last year, we're way closer to what we were two years ago and get this moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And those were our conversations at the end of last year. Everybody was frustrated. Everybody was upset, uh, you know, at themselves and and, and at everything. And, uh, and I think these guys have a lot of pride. You look at a guy like Claude Giroux and, he certainly can play a few more years, but clearly is closer to the end of his career than the beginning. And he, uh, he understands you only get so many more uh, kicks at it. And uh, Sean Couturier has so much pride, Ivan Provorov. I mean, these guys are, you know, three of our best players. Obviously they play a ton, you know, a huge role, play a ton of minutes. So they understand that if they're on their game, this team has a good chance of being successful. And I think after last year, they all want to show to everybody that, uh, that they can be, still be at the top of their game, but more importantly, this team can can be a team that 
that uh, will be a contending team in the East. And I give them a lot of credit. And um, they, they're those three in particular for the returning guys are very energized and, and uh, you know, and that's a great sign for us. Yeah, I haven't fully finished my homework assignment yet to break down any 10-game chunk in Giroux's career. I don't know that he's ever led the team over a 10-game period in shots. It's, yeah, it's, it's you know, stunning. He's got, a, he's got a great shot. And, yeah. Uh, obviously, he's an elite playmaker. and That's usually his default is, is to look to pass. But, you know, he certainly cranked a couple pucks early in the year, and and it keeps goalies honest. And, and that balance will, I think, will, will really help him down the road. He, you know, at times – he can get predictable because he, he's a great passer, uh, but it's great to see him shooting, particularly on the power play, giving us uh, something that the other teams have to pre-scout and be aware of and draws attention to him. And then once he gets the attention on him, then he makes things happen. Yeah, and he's he's had a, a, two of his goals are clear-sighted, just blew it by the goaltender. One of Bobrovsky, yeah. too, is playing pretty well. Um, let me ask you, you know, you're, you're 10 games into the season. If I'd have told you, hey, Ellis will only play three games at this point, uh, Kevin Hayes wouldn't play any games. Wade Allison hasn't been available to you, but yet you'd still have a record of six, two and two. You got to be happy with the start. I assume with uh, cons- all those things considered as part of the equation. Yeah. Particularly because we've played five tough road games and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the three out in Western Canada with the really tough back to back Edmonton, Vancouver, with, which is a little bit of travel. You're getting to the hotel late multiple time zones and multiple days. And, and then coming back, playing one game, which can be a tough game coming off a West Coast swing and then immediately going back out to Pittsburgh and Washington. So it, it uh, you know, we played five really tough road games. We've, we've uh, played some good teams at home and and we've been able to be in pretty much every game. I, you know, our game in Calgary wasn't anything to be excited about. We got our butt kicked. and But that's going to happen if that happens one game out of 10 uh, where you get your butt kicked. And that's OK. I think that that means you're going to mostly be a pretty good team. And. So I, I would say, uh, you know, things are coming together. There, there's still things we need to get uh, quite a bit better at if we're going to be there at the end. But, you know, some of the things we talked about this offseason, being harder to play against, defending better, our penalty kill, our goaltending, just generally our, our defensive game and, and our mindset, all those things to me have been quite a bit better to start the year. You guys are 11th in scoring uh, at 3.2 goals per games played, but you're fifth in goals allowed, the least amount at 2.4 or fourth, I should say. You're tied. Um, I know you wanted to tighten up the D zone and let everything flow from there. And, and we've talked about this with roster construction. You'd much rather have a team that's 16th in scoring, but fifth or seventh in goals allowed. You're going to do more damage that way. Uh, defensively, it's just been light years difference year to year. Yeah, it has been. And we're, we're, you know, again, it's early, but we're showing signs of playing the way we did a couple seasons ago, AV's first year here. And even that season, the first two months were really up and down. We had some good stretches, but our game was really inconsistent, I would say, until late November, early December. Then we had a big dip again. And then we, from the middle of January till, uh, till the pause, we were really good in, in all facets of the game. So it does take time, but, you know, the way we're constructed, we're, uh, we're a four-line team. Uh, we have good, you know, certainly we're a good offensive team. I don't know if we're ever going to lead the league in goal scoring, uh, but, you know, we can uh, we can be a top defensive team, and that's that's our key. And, and uh, the better we defend, the better the chance we have of not only making the playoffs, but also of scoring goals. If we defend better, defend quicker, then it should allow us to get to our offensive game, and that's how we're going to generate. We're, we're a pretty good rush team. We're good on the counterattack, and when we defend well, those types of chances uh, can happen uh, much more frequently than what they did last season. 
You guys, I remember early in the season, about four or five games in, somebody tweeted me and said, James Van Riemsdyk is faster. And I, I responded, basically said, I can assure you he's not, <laughs> but he looks faster because the team is playing a lot faster. Is, is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah. I mean, again, at times, I think we've been a bit inconsistent. We've had some stretches where we, we've been, you know, hemmed in our zone too much for me and haven't had the puck enough. But again, it's early season hockey. But, you know, that that's what happens when you're defending well and you're countering, you have good puck support. The puck moves a lot quicker than people can skate. And when you're moving the puck well and you're supporting each other, then you generate a lot of team speed. And and uh, we have some really smart hockey players. And we're again, when we're playing the right way and our structure's good, then we're, we're usually attacking the other way with speed and we look fast and, and that skill can really shine. Yeah, and you saw that in that game against Washington, one of those tight games. It's a 2-1 win for you guys against Washington. And you get that 2-1 win over Vancouver and that back-to-back on the road trip as well. Both backstopped by Martin Jones. And, you know, goaltending into the, coming into the season, Chuck, was a question mark. You know, the questions were being asked. Can Carter bounce back from a really tough year last year? Is Martin Jones salvageable? The goaltending you've got from both of those guys has been remarkable early on. Uh, Martin's 3-0. and Carter's been uh, better than good this so far this season. You have a team save percentage of 928. Uh, this is the, the right start for those guys to build those foundational blocks of confidence to ride through the season. Yeah, well, they, the confidence is a big part of it. And, mm-hmm. and again, we're getting a lot of practice time here early in the season. And so I think both guys have had a chance to kind of build their game slowly from the beginning of camp to now and and, and ramp it up. And, and the good thing about having two quality goaltenders, you don't have to ride one guy too much. You can you can spread the workload and give everybody a chance to recover. And uh, physically, but also work on their game in practice when they know they're not playing. And that, that's a big part of it, the practice time for goaltenders to keep your rhythm, to keep your depth in, in the net, to keep your angles. And and uh, so it's a fine line between making sure they're playing enough, but making sure they're practicing. And they're two quality goaltenders. They both have had success in this league. And, and uh, you know, with the number of back-to-backs we have with, with uh, the little bit of the compression that will happen later on in the year due, the, due to the Olympic break, uh, we're going to need both guys going and, and they're both off to a great start. And it's a long year, but I, I really believe that if we can continue to play the right way in front of them and we continue to get both guys enough rest and enough games, find that balance. And there's no reason why they can't be successful all year. One of the guys that perhaps your most controversial move of the offseason was Rasmus versus the line. And it was kind of the hockey analytics community versus the eye test community, blah, blah, blah. But, he comes in and in the first couple of games, you could, I felt like you could almost see him thinking on the ice, learning the system, learning chemistry with Travis Sanheim. But over the last four or five games, it, it seems like he is really settling in and starting to feel comfortable. And you're starting to see the the Rasmus versus Alignin that, that you traded for. What have you seen out of his game so far and, and the growth of it in just a short time here already? Yeah, you know, the injury for him was unfortunate at the end of training camp because I thought he had a pretty good camp and he and Sanheim were coming along pretty well. And, you know, I, I think we all, when we talked at the beginning of the year with the coaches, we talked about, hey, we're going to have to give this a couple months and, and it may take time to, to uh, you know, form chemistry between the two. And there's going to be ups and downs like there is with everybody. And let's just be patient. And and they were starting to build. And then all of a sudden you hit that bump in the road with the injury. And I thought when he first came back, he was a little off timing wise and terms of maybe uh, stepping up physically and, and some of his retrievals, things were a little bit off and just missing that bit of time set him back. And he's gotten better and better. And 
you know, he's a good player. He's uh, He's got pretty good poise with the puck. He, he's got pretty good skill. I think his skill is a little bit better than what people realize. And the big thing is we, we play a little bit differently than what he's used to. And, and which I think could be a good thing uh, to, to be honest with you, but it is going to take some time to break those habits. And, and, uh, and part of it is when you're, you're adjusting to a new system and new teammates, you know, at the beginning of that process, you often see guys thinking too much and instead of reacting and playing, you're thinking because you're, 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 you're trying to figure out where you're supposed to be in this system versus the old system. And, and uh, so you're, you're, you know, you're necessarily going to see some slow play at times and, and some, poor reads and, and those things will settle down over time. And he's a big, strong guy. I, I can't tell you how many calls I got from other general managers that were in on him and, and, and disappointed. And, you know, I, I you know, he's a guy that uh, I think is really valued a, around the league from, from uh, the managers and coaches and scouts. And, and we think he's really going to boss him here in Philly and, and be a big part of our group going forward. Have you any, had any conversations with his uh, representatives about an extension or is that not the proper time yet? Well, we've had conversations, but not about an extension right now. I, mean, I think the important thing is just letting him settle in and let's have focus on hockey. And, uh, you know, I had to find a place to live, get to know his teammates, get to know the system, get playing. And there's no sense complicating life right now. We, yeah. we have plenty of time and I'm a big believer that, you know, if, if it, if he's happy and we're happy, it's going to work out. So, um, you know, there, we got, we got plenty of time and, and uh, you know, the whole focus on everybody right now is let's, let's have some fun this year. Let's win some games and let's find a way to get back into the playoffs. And, you know, I think Rasmus showed the other night in Washington, you can be a good player in those big, heavy physical games that you tend to see come playoff time. And he's never been a part of the playoffs and that that's really uh, where his mindset's at and, uh, as is ours. So uh, we're excited about, what we can do here going forward. What's your update with uh, a couple of the injured guy, Kevin Hayes. Uh, I know he's been back on the ice and he's getting really close. He practiced with the team. So did Ryan Ellis. Is there any update on, on their status uh, going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, medically they're both doing well um, uh, from, from the respective injuries. Now it's just a question of, of conditioning and timing, particularly for Kevin who missed all of training camp and, you know, I think there's one thing about being rehabbed and getting over your injury. And then, but then you also need to get in hockey shape. So, you know, I, I think he's still a few days away from, from being able to play a game, you know, whether it's this weekend or next week, I'm not sure, but, you know, let's give him a chance to, to, to get uh, that timing, to get his legs underneath him um, and, and give him a chance to be successful. And I mean, you know, We'd love to believe me. We'd love to have him right away, but a couple more games to get him 100 uh, percent in terms of timing, I think would be fair to him. And Ellis again uh, was in training camp. He didn't miss as much time, so his conditioning level is at a little higher level, and his timing's obviously a little bit better because he had all those preseason games and practices. But you know, again, I, I don't know that he's a player for tomorrow. We'll find out. But it, it's literally, I know we've been saying day to day, but it literally <laughs> is day to day now. Yeah, and sometimes in the beginning of a year, that things can linger uh, with these kind of injuries, or I don't even know what it is, but um, you know, they, you want to be careful with it. You don't want to set the player back a couple of months down the road uh, with it as well. Especially with players like that, Jason. I mean, the, yeah. again, I'm not saying these games aren't important, but I'd rather have them miss a few more games and be 100 percent than than chase it early. And if, look, if these were playoff games, I'm sure both guys, I'm sure Ellis could have played a couple games ago, but. But let's uh, let's do the right thing. It's a long year, and the, the schedule is only going to get more compressed. So we just want to be really smart. They're really, really important players for us.
Where's Wade Allison and his uh, recovery right now? Yeah, he's coming along. He's starting to skate, rehabbing, and, and you know it's it's tough to give an exact timeline with that type of injury with a high ankle sprain. I've, I've seen some guys come back a little quicker. Sometimes you, you think you're going well, then you tweak it, and it sets it back a week or two. So, you know, I think the uh, the return to play is still to be determined. But he's made you know he's progressed to skating. Um, his off ice has gone really well. You know, you know, certainly uh, he's getting closer, um, but uh, I still think we're a few weeks away here. And, and uh, you know, at a certain point in time when he gets clear, we'll get him back down to Lehigh and let him get playing games down there and build his game back up. And hopefully he can be a factor for us the second half of the year, if not sooner. But but uh, yeah, it's been a tough break for the young man. He had battled knee injuries and different injuries earlier in his career and came back last year, looked to be going well and had a had a good made a good first impression and. Now you get this type of setback, but he's a young kid. He'll be a big part of it going forward. And, and uh, we believe in his ability. Sam Moran's dealt with a lot of those setbacks that you just alluded to, to, to pretty severe degrees. Uh, what's the latest on Sam? I know a lot of people, he's a guy that I get asked about a lot. Can we get an update on Sam? People love big Sam and yeah. he's a great guy to have around and that physicality that he brings. What's the latest on him? Yeah. He's still week to week. Um, you know, he's made progress. He's doing better. He's rehabbing. Um, he skated a little bit, but uh, he, he's still going to need a little bit more time here. And again, just want to be patient and and uh, take every step uh, a little bit slower. And, and um, but big big Sam, uh, you know, he he works hard. And this poor kid's had more rehab time than you'd want anybody to ever have to go through. But he does it with a smile on his face, and and he's uh, he's working hard at it. Well, yeah, they can get them all back on the ice as soon as possible and, and can help this team moving forward because, like you said, the schedule is going to get pretty condensed. Um, interesting week with uh, the Leafs coming in uh, Wednesday night and then you back-to-back road games this weekend. Ha- has the flow of the schedule, um, you know, with that practice time you mentioned, not only for the goaltenders but the players, it, that's going to be a, a factor throughout this season and in, in keeping the team playing that detailed game that we saw in Washington, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And uh you know, we've had enough practice time, too, that we're able to even have a skills day on Sunday and change it up a little bit just uh, for the guys. I mean, we've had we've actually had so many practices. I think they were looking forward to that skills day and doing something a little bit different. But another great practice today and able to work on a lot of different things. And and, uh, you know, so I, I think that that really helps. And, uh, you know, we're getting some tough travel uh, done early here. Again, the Carolina Dallas back to back is a little bit tough, but again, get a, another game out of time zone, out of the way. And so, uh, you know, we, we have pretty good energy right now, and hopefully we can find a way to stay healthy and keep that energy level up. And, you know, as we get uh, Ellis and Hayes back, get a little bit more depth into this lineup. Yeah, and then you have that Florida two-step coming up, which is no bargain anymore either. Tampa no. and Florida back-to-back back before uh, Thanksgiving. No. Last thing for you, um, talking to Mike Yo on a previous episode, and I mentioned to him, have you ever, you know, been a part of a division that's everybody in the Metro is above hockey 500. Two teams in the conference are below hockey 500. Have you ever kind of witnessed something where it, the depth in conference is at this level? He said, maybe it's me and Chuck because you dealt with it in that central <laughs> before, yeah, but yeah, this is pretty wicked. Yeah. I get, I seem to find these really good divisions in the <laughs> central with Chicago winning three cups and, Winnipeg's and St. Louis's and Colorado's and Nashville has obviously been very good. So th- this is as tough as it gets. And, and our conference in particular, I think you are, all, you know, you can see the record of this conference versus the Western conference already early. And, and it's pretty, 
one-sided early on here, and it, it's going to be tough. There's going to be several good teams that don't make the playoffs, and that's why it's really important. Uh, you know, you can't make the playoffs early in the season, but you can certainly dig a hole that makes it hard to make it. So it's important. Again, we're I think our play's been a little up and down, a little inconsistent. Certainly, again, the Calgary game, we got our butt kicked. We were, we were terrible, but we, we've had some real good stretches too. We're, we're competing, we're working hard, and and uh, so I think there's still things we can build on, and yet we've put some points in the bank, which should help us down the road. But you know, you're, you can never take your foot off the gas, and and you just got to find a way to avoid the long losing streaks. Uh, keep keep finding ways to win. If you're going to lose a game, try to get a loser point. Uh, just just little things like that, all the cliches. But it, it yeah. it's going to come down to math at the end of the day. And right now we bank some points, so that that's a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating season. Um, you know, one bad week and you can move really significantly in the standings. Yeah. Chuck, as always, I appreciate you doing this. It's a really big month of hockey with November and 14 total games, seven home, seven road. Good start, five out of six points to start the month. And uh, best of luck going forward. Thanks for the update on everything. And we appreciate your time as always. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Uh, breakdown episode coming up tomorrow as the Flyers take on the Leafs tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. So everybody, enjoy your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on a brand new Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow.